in a situation where you wanted to stay over at a new partner's house, but you were just too embarrassed because of your IBS and especially excessive gas. You just didn't want them to hear or smell what happens when you're in bed. Maybe the problem with you and farting is actually worse at the work and you have to keep nipping out of the office because you're worried about certain smells or that your colleagues would notice. In this episode of the Inside Knowledge for People with IBS, you'll learn why we have gas and what you can do about it. It's all about smelly farts today. And you'll also learn why certain foods could be causing eggy smelling farts and what you can do about it. Let's go. Welcome to episode 14 of the Inside Knowledge with me, Anna Mapson. Today I'm talking about farting. It is a normal part of healthy digestion, but a lot of people think that it's really embarrassing. So today I want to just get over the embarrassment and just talk about what you can do about it and what does it mean if you get particular farty smells. This is an issue, particularly if you are worried about the smell, is one thing. And the second thing is that it can cause a lot of pain. So a lot of gas moving around inside you can be really uncomfortable and cause you to have to undo your trousers maybe by the end of the day and you're just feeling very bloated and distended. We get excess gas into our digestive system in a number of different ways. So either we swallow it down when eating or drinking, maybe drinking fizzy drinks as well. So obviously you're swallowing bubbles, you're taking air into your digestive system. You can also start to get more gas in if you're chewing gum a lot or if you're like really chatting whilst you're eating, if you're gulping food, you know, eating quite quickly. These all help us to get excessive air into the digestive system. There are also ways that we get fermentable food. So once the food's gone in, nothing to do with how much air you're taking in, that the food is fermenting inside our gut and that is creating gas. And these are particularly foods like vegetables, beans and also whole grains. So if you're someone who gets a lot of excessive gas, you could also be getting symptoms such as abdominal pain through all the gas moving through you, particularly if you're wearing very tight waistbands. You may find you get bad breath, um, like halitosis, or reduced appetite and you maybe you feel full really quickly and that can be down to having a larger amount of air inside your torso. Maybe you feel a bit sick as well and that can particularly come with people who you have methane producing microbes, so often constipation predominant symptoms, a lot of methane gas, maybe belching, a nausea that can come a lot. Other symptoms would definitely include things like loud gurgling stomach, and obviously that's just the air moving through this long tube of your small intestines that can be quite noisy. And maybe it accompanies erratic bowel habits. Typical signs of IBS are often erratic bowel habits and gas and pain uh, and bloating. So these are all typical IBS type symptoms. And people who have IBS tend to feel more sensitive to a normal amount of gas. So this is sometimes called visceral hypersensitivity. And it is down to the vagus nerve normally, which is a connection between the brain and our digestive system, a nerve that runs all the way through our body. This picks up any signs or signals and sends messages back to the brain. 
for some people, this is on high alert all the time and you will be feeling more pain related to the movement of gas than other people would. doesn't mean it's not real, that it's not pain. It's just that you're experiencing more pain and more sensitivity. So this is often a big problem for people who've got IBS. A normal amount of times to fart per day is somewhere between 15 to 25 times a day. This is completely normal. Often when you actually go to the toilet, you might let a little bit more out. Sometimes in the morning, you might have more. Some people feel like they never let any gas out at all. And you probably do, but you probably do it in your sleep. We tend to accumulate gas throughout the day as we eat, which is why you might feel more bloated or more gassy at night, but then wake up feeling a bit better. Most of the fart is made up of carbon dioxide, hydrogen and nitrogen. Those are around 74% of farts. This is what people have measured. Imagine this job, they've been sitting there collecting people's farts and then measuring how many of each gas is available. That is been somebody's job. Um, anyway, but the important thing is that they've been able to tell us that around 74% is made up of these non-smelly gases and then other percentage of it is going to be methane and maybe hydrogen sulfide. Now some of these are a bit more smelly. Because the gases are produced by our gut microbes fermenting fibre that we eat, often having some gas is, means that you've got a good healthy digestion, you're eating a good amount of fibre and your bacteria are thriving. So sometimes it's okay to have a little bit of gas. Obviously, if you've got IBS and this is a big problem for you, I'm not talking about those kind of symptoms. But for people who get occasional gas when they eat some beans or you know, maybe just week in week out they might occasionally have a little bit more that's completely normal and nothing to worry about the smells though let's go back to those so if you're constantly getting wind that is noticeably really odorous the things we're going to talk about now is what you're eating and also how you're digesting your food. I always start in my initial consultation with my gut reset clients to see if they notice the smell of their farts. So these are the lovely conversations I have with my clients all day. But I'm interested in whether they think it's just like a rotten egg smell, a cabbagey kind of rotten vegetable odour, or there's just a lot of air but no smell. It's kind of a weird conversation to have, but it helps me to sort of give some clues and the indication of the types of microbes in their gut that could be producing their gas. So the rotten egg smell is most likely because of the presence of hydrogen sulfide. This is a gas that's produced by bacteria when it's breaking down food in our digestive system and it combines with some other gases and it forms this rotten egg odour. Sulfur producing bacteria in your gut create hydrogen sulfide as a kind of waste product from some of the foods that we eat. Now these are not bad foods, it's just dependent on the types of microbes that you've got. They could be creating excess amounts of this gas. So there are particular types of microbes that we know that tend to create more hydrogen sulfide. In scientific terms they call it um, sulfate reducing bacteria but if you did, they don't actually reduce it, they actually increase the amount of it, but that's just the way we describe it. And these bacteria, I've got a list of them here, so disulfofibrio, 
Biophilia wadsworthia, Streptococcus, Fusobacterium, Salmonella, Enterobacter, and Helicobacter. And these microbes tend to love feeding on foods that contain an amino acid, methionine, and also cysteine. So, you know, with protein, it gets broken down to certain um, amino acids. And these two particular amino acids are known to feed these particular microbes which create that gas. All right, so the types of foods are cruciferous veg like broccoli, cauliflower, kale, Brussels sprouts. You know, they're, they're commonly known to create some smelly gas in some people. Onions and garlic, they are quite sulfurous. Eggs and particularly red meat. It's not so much with fish and poultry like chicken and turkey, but with red meat like pork and beef more, those kind of things are higher in those amino acids acids. Also dairy and then any sulfite containing foods such as wine, dried fruits or other preserved foods. So those particular foods may be an issue if hydrogen sulfide gas is a problem with for you and your IBS. Now hydrogen sulfide gas can also be in the large intestine, but it can also be in the small intestine. If you haven't heard of small intestine bacterial overgrowth, go back and listen to the previous two episodes in this podcast series where I talk about SIBO and explain a lot about how you can get an overgrowth of this bacteria in your small intestine. It's basically a number of reasons, and so that's why I did two whole podcasts on it. I'm not going to go into it now. I just wanted to mention that these bacteria can be either in the small or the large intestine, and that could be where the gas is being produced. So if this is a problem for you, some of the things you can do is to reduce down the foods that I just mentioned, like broccoli, cabbage, onions, garlic, reduce down your dairy. So you're eating a little bit more of a high fibre, vegan-ish diet. I mean, so you can have chicken and fish, um, particularly because protein becomes an issue and also beans sometimes can be a real problem. Now, beans are also well known to cause a lot of farting, and this is because humans don't break down the starch in beans very well. There's something called raffinose, which is particularly in things like chickpeas, lentils and other pulses, but also sprouts and cabbage. And it's one of the like complex starches that the bacteria metabolize to create gas in our intestines. If you take these foods out of your diet, it might improve your symptoms, but it won't necessarily make the bacteria go away. You need to tackle the cause of the gas production, the bacteria, to get longer term improvement. Now, if you do find that beans are particularly a problem for you and you can happily eat them, but they just cause a lot of gas to the extent that it puts you off eating beans, then you can take a digestive enzyme. There are certain enzymes that contain something called alpha-galactosidase, which helps to break down raffinose. That's the starch in beans that's particularly a problem. Some digestive enzymes will not contain this enzyme, so do check that your product that you're taking breaks down alpha-galactosidase if beans are a big problem for you. In order to reduce your excessive gas, we need to look at what is actually causing it. Starting with the bacteria overgrowth, whether it is in your small intestine or large intestine, is going to slightly influence what kind of treatment approach you will take. If you suspect you might have SIBO, and if you don't know about small intestine bacterial overgrowth, listen to the previous two episodes in this podcast series because I have dedicated two particular episodes just to SIBO. But you can get a test and then there are some treatment options if you have an overgrowth of bacteria in the small intestine. If 
it's in the large intestine or if you aren't able to test for whatever reason, we do still need to think about just getting the right kind of balance of bacteria in your large intestine, which could hopefully reduce down your excessive gas or the odorous gas production. So I would suggest adding more fibre to your diet to feed the beneficial gut microbes. So think about whether you can start with low FODMAP fibre, increase your fibre bit by bit, maybe just like one gram a day. You're not going to start off eating huge amounts of fibre all in one go, but just really gently increasing up your fibre and also drinking enough water so you don't get constipated. Maybe you need to take a digestive enzyme alongside of this to help break down the starches. A big cause of excessive gas is slow motility. So if you've got slow transit of food through your digestion, this allows for more time for fermentation and also the putrefication of food waste. So this is where amino acids and proteins are being broken down and this can cause a lot of smells um, and also excess air. This could be if you've got constipation, if you've got maybe a bowel obstruction, gastroparesis, which is like slow emptying of the stomach, just leading to slow digestion throughout. So these are things, again, worth getting looked at, either asking your doctor, your nutritionist, and trying to get to the bottom of these problems. Then also we want to think about, are you just swallowing too much air? As I mentioned at the beginning, some of the simple things actually can make quite a big difference. So reducing down chewing gum, stop drinking fizzy drinks, even fizzy water. And when you're eating, make sure that you are not gulping your food, you're slowing down to eat, you're chewing it up really well and that will help you to reduce the amount of air that you swallow. Sometimes medication that you're taking can also cause more gas production. So if you're someone who relies on painkillers like ibuprofen or even morphine, because morphine actually slows down your gut transit time and that can lead to more gas production. So it's got longer to sit in the large intestine and the bacteria start working over time, fermenting away to their heart's content and causing a lot of gas as a byproduct. And then also, if you have never been diagnosed with IBS and yet you have got excessive gas, I want to remind you that you should go back to the doctor to make sure you actually get a diagnosis of IBS if they haven't ruled out things such as inflammatory bowel disease, celiac disease or cancers of the colon, those kind of things, because it could also lead to excessive gas production. I don't want to overly worry you, but I do also want to make sure that a doctor has ruled these things out for you. And then if we just look at back at food again, there are some particular foods which are known to cause some smelly gas. And this can also be down to carbohydrate malabsorption. So this could be down to lactose intolerance or a sensitivity to fructans or like fructose. Um, so these would be well tested through something like the FODMAP diet where you're removing fermentable carbohydrates for a short while. If the sugars are not absorbed properly in the small intestine during our digestive process, they reach the microbes in the large intestine and then they metabolise these bigger sugars and that can cause excessive wind and also bloating and in some people it can cause diarrhoea but not everybody sometimes it's just more gas production then also if you're looking at your diet thinking about how much fibre you are eating I mean feelings of bloating and gas production definitely can increase when we eat more fibre so maybe are you eating too much fibre I have had clients that I've worked with that are just 
eating too many vegetables in one day with the aim of being healthy and you know I applaud that definitely but maybe we need to start more slowly and build up more carefully and also balance these fibers with protein and fats so really important to make sure your overall diet is well balanced and then the other thing is if you're um, on a diet and you are trying to choose diet products like maybe diet fizzy drinks or just like low fat yogurts and those kind of things sometimes they've got sweeteners in that are based on sugar alcohols and these are things like xylitol sorbitol mannitol uh, like for example we've got a chocolate spread that is sugar free but it's got mannitol in it so these for some people are not well digested and they can create gas production again because it provides the bacteria with a feast of sugars when the undigested particles reach the large intestine so they're just producing this as a byproduct so sometimes changing the amount of artificial sweeteners or sometimes they might even be classed as natural sweeteners so they might not be labeled artificial sweeteners but labeled natural sweeteners but then they're not well digested by you so they're not necessarily bad it's just that um, they can in some people who are sensitive cause a bit more gas production and if you are looking for a way to identify your trigger foods so you can spend less time in the toilet and less time worrying about embarrassing smells and noises then I would love to see you in my new group gut reset. I'm starting it on the 11th of September. Booking opens on the 30th of August and it's going to be a new online, some self-study, some group coaching calls and a few one-to-one -one sessions with me. I want to extend this invite to all my loyal listeners of the Inside Knowledge podcast because if you're interested in doing something about your IBS and maybe it hasn't been within your means to work with me one-to-one, -one, this is a really good opportunity because it's launching at only £97 to work with me over three months. There are group coaching sessions where you can share expertise, you can ask questions and you can also listen to other people's issues and what I suggest for them. There's also going to be ready-to-go recipes that are good for your gut but don't take loads of time to prepare. Most of my clients are pretty busy. I want you to get back to wearing clothes without worrying about bloating and undoing your trousers by the end of the day. I'll also talk about easy-to-follow strategies for reintroducing trigger foods so you can bring back some of the foods you love or if if you are worried about certain foods, you understand whether they're an issue for you or not. I hope that this three months working with me and a tight group of other people who've got IBS will help you free up headspace that is currently spent on thoughts of your digestion, where the nearest toilet is, have you been to the toilet today? Think about all the t things you could get done if you weren't spending so long googling and worrying about poo <laughs> so if you're someone who wants a bit of help then please get in touch via the show notes link or on my website which is www.goodnessme-nutrition.com and there you look for the group gut reset it's open for booking from the 30th of august 2023 and it will run for three months it will be shutting the doors for a month once I let everyone in but then it'll be a rolling enrolment after that so if you're listening to this in the future come and take a look all right that's it for me for this week I will be back next week take care bye